This is Mount Pleasant United Methodist Church. Welcome to our sermon podcast. All right, so what we're starting with is a passage out of Luke. It's Luke 5, um, verses 1 through 11. There we go. So one day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there for men who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners, then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Amen. So again, Happy New Year. We got New Year's here. Um, how many of you have done the New Year's whole New Year's resolution thing? You don't have to tell me, but <laughs> you're familiar with the term. If you're on social media at all and have a couple people at least in your timeline, you'll know that New Year's resolutions are rampant. They're everywhere. It's full of resolutions. People telling us what they're going to do, what they're not going to do, what they're going to give up, what, what they're going to keep doing. And um, So resolutions are everywhere. And uh, by, by now, I'd say most of us have uh, stopped being faithful. I'm going to say they last an average of two days. At the first service, somebody said two minutes. I, I'm more optimistic than that. I gave you two days. So. But they're difficult to st stick to. Um, I saw this thing on Facebook around Christmas. I think it applies to New Year's too, depending on whether you're ready or not, whether you had a plan or just kind of coasting through. I hate it when people ask me if I'm ready for Christmas. No, Susan, I'm not even ready for today. Okay? And it can apply to our New Year's as well. We're not even, you know, some of us aren't even ready for today. Some of us don't have a plan. Some of us do. Some of us have a plan. Some of us made that New Year's resolution. But again, very difficult to stick to. And then what happens when we don't? We get that twinge in our gut, right? That's called guilt. 
Yeah. When we don't stick to that resolution, we get that little twinge of guilt that we were going to do it, we were so pumped, and it's January 5th, and um, we didn't. Why do we do that to ourselves? Yeah. Why do we torture ourselves this way? I got to thinking about it, and I think I know why. We make these goals and resolutions that we don't stick to. We know, deep down, that we can do better. We can be better. That's why we make the goal in the first place. We know we can do better. I think it's part of that divine spark in us. It's God calling us to more. And we know it. In our scripture that was read just a couple seconds ago, Jesus tells them that they will be fishers of men. They're not only going to catch this huge net of fish, but they're going to fish for men. Jesus is calling them to more. As God calls us to more, I think we are all called to more than where we are right now. And I ask, why do we settle for mediocrity when we can do so much better? We can be so much better. God is calling us to greater things. So, if we can be better, why don't we do it? A lot of us have uh, what I like to call the if it isn't broken, don't fix it attitude. You've heard of that phrase. You've heard it before. If it's not broken, don't fix it. Don't mess with it. Don't, don't change the system. You know, this can apply to everything from, from our toasters to our spiritual life. If it's not broken, don't fix it. I had a car one time that wasn't broken, and then I did fix it, and then it was. <laughs> and so, so it makes sense. If it's not broken, don't fix it. But sometimes we don't see where the brokenness is. Sometimes we are not privileged to that knowledge. Sometimes we're too close. And we don't see where the brokenness is. None of our systems are perfect. Nothing is. So we don't see our brokenness. We don't see how things could be better. You remember um, the first iPod that came out? A lot of you remember this. The younger the kids were not. Um, but the first iPod, I remember when it came out. You know, it seemed like all the kids in my town had one. All the kids except for my sister and I. We didn't have one. But do you remember that? It was that big and kind of that thick and it played music and it was just so cool. Now we're up to like iPhone 274 and, you know, Apple has made it better. It's better. It can do all kinds of stuff. And that can apply to our spiritual lives too. We don't see where we could go if we would just follow where God is leading us and answer where God is calling us. We could be so much better. And you know, God wants us, God wants us to grow in, in all facets of life. He wants us to work on our relationship well with God. Of course, he wants us to work on our relationship with God. 
He wants us to work on our relationship with ourselves. Lots of us just go through life. It's like we're sleepwalking. Right through life. You just go day in and day out doing the same thing over and over again. Go to work, come home. Go to bed, go to work, come home, go to bed. Not even thinking about it. So he wants us to work on our relationship with ourselves as well. To know who we are and whose we are. And then finally, wants us to work on our relationship with others. Because that's, that's important as well. We're to be in relationship with all three. And work on that. Because it could always be better. But we have this tendency to not do that. Yeah, to, to not apply ourselves, to make that resolution and about now just, you know, give up. Resolutions can be just another form of procrastination. We can tell ourselves probably about mid-December, you know what, I'm going to be better. I'm going to be better. Come January 1st, I'm going to do better. I like this, um, this cartoon. I don't know if you've seen it, but sorry about that. It looks like. But it's these aliens by Nathan Pyle. So it's just aliens living life. And it's kind of a satire on human behavior. So this particular one, you don't have to read it, I can get it to you later, but this particular one is saying, one, one of the guys is saying, you know what, I'm going to be better. And his friend says, well, when? And he replies, well, uh, on the day that it is traditionally uh, the day that we become better. But until then, until that point, I'm probably going to get worse. But then, when I actually try to be better, it'll be more noticeable. <laughs> Gonna be better. Just gotta get to that day. But you know, sometimes that day doesn't come. When is tomorrow? Does it ever get here? Tomorrow never comes for some of us. Sometimes, well, maybe for all of us, tomorrow just never comes. I'll be better tomorrow. I'll do good tomorrow. It's like, I mean, an example, a good example here is, you know, if you, if you want to go on a diet, I'm going to start January 1st, or I'm going to start tomorrow. Meanwhile, i got all this sugar in my house. We can't let it go to waste, right? we got to get rid of it. How do we get rid of it? Oh, come on. You eat it. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and then, then you're probably sick. And then you don't want to eat the next day. But anyway. anyway. So, you know, we, we do this. We almost get worse before we get better. And then tomorrow never comes. And it's six months down the road and we still haven't done anything. We do that kind of thing. And it's hard. It can apply to our spiritual lives, too. You know, what we put off tomorrow, I mean, there's, there's this phrase, there's this phrase that goes, 
Why put off till tomorrow what you can do today? Only sometimes we flip it. And we say, why do today what we can put off till tomorrow? And that, that happens with our spiritual lives too. I'll, you know, I'll pray tomorrow. Or maybe next week I'll go to church. Maybe. Or, you know, maybe tomorrow I'll read some scripture. We're buying into the false belief that delaying the start of whatever it is we're trying to accomplish will somehow help us. And the goals that we fail to stick to today, they become the baggage of tomorrow. Whereas the goals that we stick to today become the reward of the future. And it's so hard to stick with goals. It takes something called intentionality. It takes you and, well, and me, all of us, it takes us wanting, not, not just wanting to do it, but saying, I am going to do it, whatever this is, whether it's scripture reading, praying. It takes an intentional act. It takes discipline. So what if? What if tomorrow, what if the rest of this week, we opened our Bibles and read the scriptures? What if we prayed every day, at least once a day, every day? What if we talked to our friends and our family about what we've read? What if on like Wednesday, you would reread this, this scripture? It's Luke 5, 1 through 11. See what sticks out to you. You think that would help you grow any? Just say yes, because it would. Yes, yes it would. It would help you. It's being intentional. It's that intentionality. Most of the time we're so unsuccessful with our New Year's resolutions because we don't have a clear plan to work toward them. I just gave you one. We have to be intentional. And there's not much holding us back. There could be something. Um, procrastination can also be another form of fear. It can manifest itself as fear. Think about it. If you have a project or something you want to start, something you want to do, and it's overwhelming, that's huge. And you don't even know where to start. Are you going to start it soon? No. Well, some of you might. But I bet a lot of you wouldn't. You don't know where to start. It's hard. Or you might be afraid of failing. You might be afraid that you're not enough. Or that you won't do good enough. But I think the one thing that we might all be afraid of is getting closer to God. Moving closer in our relationship. Because the closer we get to God, the more 
likely it is that we are going to hear a call from God. All of us are called to ministry, not just pastors. All of us are called to ministry. And so we can have that fear. It can be overwhelming sometimes. And we can be afraid. Um, I have a quote. It's from C.S. Lewis. Yeah, I like him too. <laughs> so, and this one comes from The Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe. And it's when Susan is talking to Mr. Beaver about Aslan the Lion. It was, it's prophesied that he would come and save Narnia. And she's worried because he's a lion. And she's kind of scared. And she asks, well, is he quite safe? And Mr. Beaver responds, safe? Who said anything about safe? Of course he's not safe. But he's good. It can be very overwhelming to recognize your call. And to know that, that we all have a purpose and have something to do. And it can be easy to just sit in the mediocrity, right? Sitting in front of the TV is easier than running that 5K, isn't it? Doesn't require any work. Well, okay, unless you don't have a remote control, then you might have to get up and change it. It doesn't really require anything. Mediocrity is easy. And um, comfort, we want to be comforted. We want comfort. We want, um, we have our comfort zones. We don't want to be called out of our little hiding holes. We like to sit and be comfortable. We like our worship service, which is great. But then we like to go to our comfortable homes. And sometimes it's scary to be called from that place. And it can be tempting to be afraid. Um, I have another favorite quote I'm going to include here. And I wish I knew who said this, but I'm going to say it now. If it excites you and scares you at the same time, it probably means you should do it. Isn't that a great one? It probably means you should do it. If it excites you and scares you at the same time, it probably means you should do it. That's that call on your life. That's that passion in your heart. And so I challenge you today to look deeply at your life. Is God calling you to something greater? I can guarantee he is. You just got to listen. And it might be tempting to be afraid. Because of course, he isn't safe. 
But what I can guarantee is that he is good. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for this time together to come and worship you. Lord, let us remember that even though it is not safe, you are not safe. You are good, God. And what you are calling us to might be scary, but God, help us to take heart and be brave and go out and do it and not procrastinate on our call. And um, God, again, we thank you that we could come here today and worship you and help us to continue worshiping you throughout the week. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.